sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing Daredevil number 25 versus Daredevil 181. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> Daredevil 25, you picked, Pat, uh, because you had heard about it, and uh, I did not know about it. But yeah, it was pretty uh, it was pretty shitty. And <laughs> and I picked 181 because it's the Death of Elektra, uh, spoiler alert, issue. Um, and I, I also the... read Daredevil number one, did you? Yes. Okay, yeah. That's not so great either. No, it's pretty bad. The 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 first fifty or so are are Stanley just kind of recycling Spider Man stories he couldn't use for Spider Man. That's what it seems like to me. They're not there's some there's elements of greatness in there, which I think Daredevil is a fun, really cool character when the right people work with them. But I don't think Stanley was concentrating on Daredevil, so it was kind of a second second rate character. And I the reason I picked 25 as opposed to any of the other first 50 is because it's so ridiculous it's it's worse than it's i mean it's ridiculous funny it might be just as bad as number one but it's funnier in in the way that it's played. yeah <clears throat> i mean it's bad for even it's even bad for stan lee yeah which is saying some and it wasn't just stanley it was stanley and some other dude wrote it um <clears throat> well that's the marvel way right <laughs> the the uh the artist stanley gives the plot i mean stanley gives c- kind of a plot outline and then the artist puts the story together and says what what's supposed to be happening, and then Stanley puts the words in. Yeah, and you can tell Stanley's writing because it's so uh, so much purple prose and and just terrible. Yeah, and if I think it fits some characters better than others, and Daredevil's one of those characters that doesn't fit. Nope. I think the early Spider-Man, they're, in spite of some of the problems, they are good. They're a lot better than Daredevil. Yeah. Well. I, I, you said he recycled like Spider-Man stories. I think he did that a lot with, with a lot of uh, comics. Well, it's it's hard to judge him when he was basically writing all all the books for, for 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 Marvel and like recreating his genre into the superhero genre to become popular. So I mean, as much bad stuff we say about him, he's still kind of awesome. Well, yeah, he did he did do that and. I it's like with with help with help from Jack Kirby. Well, I was gonna say Jack Kirby had a played a bigger part, part in that than Stan Lee led on. So I think so, and I think I've I've read recently that he actually had a pretty big part in creating Spider Man, much bigger than I ever knew. Like he had he had a Spider Man character created, and then they the things the ways they changed it made it a better character. But still, he was he was there in the beginning with even Spider Man. So most of Marvel is thanks to Jack Kirby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, and I think most people, well, most comic nerds know that now, too. Now, yeah, I think it's it, it's much better known than it used to be. But, yeah, I agree. You, you know that, shoot, I don't have the issue up or anything, but, you know, Stanley does that kind of stuff where he, like, writes in the captions. Is this enough action for you? Yes. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, oh, dude, get on with it. Uh, but I mean, I mean, he's writing to teenagers. That's yeah. the the most reader of, of the books then so it, you give him a little slack but still there's there's some stuff i don't give him any slack for no and when i started reading comic books it was uh the claremont x-men era so it was it was way different so even back then like when i would reread the older stan lee stuff it seemed pretty 
it seemed pretty hokey. But I guess for the time, you know, it was, I mean, he was creating cool characters for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I think for the time it was, I mean, the, the book we read, the character was not especially cool. The bad guy was a frog with springs on his feet. Oh, so. so dumb, yeah. So it wasn't his best work, but Daredevil's a fun, the blind character that, that can that can see. And I was thinking when I was reading a lot of the Stan Lee stories, when I was comparing it to, I was, I mean, I was reading them before, rereading a lot of them before the the new series started, the new Netflix Daredevil series, and I was like, I was, one, I'm wondering if every other scene on the Netflix Daredevil ser- series will have a voiceover of Daredevil saying, if they knew I was blind, they wouldn't be able to believe I could do this. Yeah, that that was a huge thing in issue one and twenty five. Yes, um, and even even in issue one eighty, not at one eighty one, but some of the, some of the ones leading up to one eighty one that was that came up. I'm like, you got to drop this, people. It's yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> people reading realize he's blind and he's a badass. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about issue one before we go to twenty five. So, uh, just like pretty much everybody else in the Marvel universe, uh, Daredevil gets his powers from uh, radioactive waste yeah not waste but a radioactive canister and side story to that canister it it after it hit uh oh, young daredevil it went into the sewer and created the teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah i'm surprised they didn't get sued for that <laughs> um but yeah so so that happens his dad's a uh, a boxer who who is down on his luck but he's got to get his son matt through school matt murdoch who is daredevil um through college so uh, he signs on with this this uh, shyster. Wait, what is the dude's name? The Fixer. <laughs> so he doesn't even have a real name. He's just known as the Fixer, uh, who gets him some fights and when he he has him win a few times, and then he tells him to throw the fight. But uh, his son is there watching, even though he's blind. Um, but he lets you know how he can figure out what's going on in the fight, even though he's blind. Uh, and and so he he decides not to take a dive and he beats the guy and uh, then gets killed, of course, by the fixers man and uh, and Daredevil goes and gets his revenge. That's basically the story. But the funny thing to me in it was um, he has this like crisis where he's like in his dorm room after his dad's been killed and he's like, I promised Dad I'd never resort to violence, but maybe if somebody else did it, it would be okay. <laughs> so that's gonna be Daredevil. You're like, well, that is you, dude. Are you, are you psychotic? Like, it really makes you wonder. Did did that uh, radioactive shit affect your brain? Because that's a huge rationalization right there. Anyway, it's just funny. Like, it's goofy like that. But another weird thing, I think the the Bill Everett did the art for that first issue, and I don't know if he did any other issues, but the art is really weird when you compare it to how how dare, how all the characters look later. It's almost like cartoony. Yeah, it is very, very cartoon, like Looney Tune cartoony. And it's only that first issue. I mean, also the copy I have is recolored, so it's that's weird too. I don't know why they do that. It doesn't have the, you know, how the color for, for when you when you're looking at a scan of a book, that's well, I guess I'm outing myself as a pirate, but the scan of the book with the original coloring, where it's the the limited coloring they have, where the, you know, I don't remember how many colors they have, sixteen. So when you look at it, the it has that look to it. You can tell it's a comic book from the from, from the 60s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And but then this one has been recolored, so it's all obviously digitally done, and it's it's much different. It doesn't have the the roughness to it. It's a lot smoother. Yeah, and adds to the cartoony vibe. Yeah, it does. But uh, yeah, that's the origin of Daredevil. Don't know how it is in the 
in the TV series. I haven't started it yet. Um, but I, 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 like I, like everything with Marvel nowadays, I assume everything's been rebooted so much that they, like the, the actual original origin story is probably not adhered to too tightly. Do you want to know? No, I'm going to watch it. So, okay. Um, but, but yeah, it, I like what the X-Men movies and stuff we've talked about before. I think in some cases, re-changing re- the story around works, but other cases, it's fine to keep it the way it is. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, Spider-Man, that's, I mean, you know, it, it's implausible, but there's no plausible reason for someone to walk on walk on walls, so getting bit by a spider, that's fine. You don't need to make up something better. Right. Yeah, I think, I think even with, like, I saw one of those Hulk movies. I don't, it might have been the Ang Lee one. I can't even remember, but... People hate that. I'm, yeah. I think I'm the only person alive that liked that movie. Well, I, it was just a... It was a pretty standard superhero movie to me. Um, and and I don't know. We won't get into that. I think a lot of them are just... They're too, going for too much mass appeal, obviously. So they water it down a lot. But, um, but I'm interested to see the Daredevil. But let's talk about uh, issue 25, which is the one you picked for a reason. And uh, that reason is quite dumb. Oh, you think I'm dumb? No, 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 no. (laughs) I mean, you picked it for a good reason because it is so dumb. So in this, in this issue, is it foggy or foggy? I always want to say foggy, but it's foggy. It's foggy. Yeah. Foggy and Karen Page, the uh, Matt Murdock's partner, law, law firm partner and the secretary who the secretary is really not a well drawn out character in these early issues. But anyway, they both figure out that Matt Murdock is daredevil and they confront him because Spider-Man sent them a letter telling them. Right. Well, well, he he sent it to Matt Murdock, but but they opened it. Yeah. So, uh, his way of getting out of it instead of any number of things, his way of getting out of it is saying it's his twin brother, Mike. Yeah. Who is not only, not only the, uh, daredevil but in real life he dresses outlandishly and he's not blind yeah and he's he's much more brash uh talking and and you know got the snappy patter yep and yeah bad it's and and i mean basically a threes company scenario that they set (laughs) up in this stupid issue and they kept it up for a long time. I saw it. Well, it said next issue, more of Mike Murdoch. Yes. I, I don't remember what issue Mike Murdoch finally dies, but he does eventually, but it's much longer than it should have been. Oh, so it's like that. Uh, it's like that Susie episode of uh, Seinfeld where Elaine makes up uh, a coworker who doesn't exist <laughs> and then plays her and then has a funeral for her. And then nobody knew her. Yeah. Issue 41. It, wow. They went that yeah. long with the whole yes. charade, but but his thing is to so the way he tricks them into believing he has a twin brother, Mike, is he just comes into the office dressed differently <laughs> and talks a little differently. He's hey. very rude to Foggy. Yeah. Hey, Fatso, what's going on, tits? That's how I imagine that voice being of uh of Mike Murdoch. Yeah, it's but they don't question. Well, where's Matt? Yeah, why aren't aren't they in the same place? Yeah. And Foggy briefly says, I went to school with you. I never heard of you. Well, he doesn't, he never brought me up. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, he, he was, uh, because he's saying his brother's daredevil, uh, he was a loner. He didn't want people to know about him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, and, 
it doesn't help that, as you said, the villain in this issue was maybe one of the stupidest Marvel, Marvel villains I've seen. I, I don't know if he ever shows up again. I would hope Probably. not. Probably. I mean, leapfrog. Everybody comes. Is that, is that the name? I didn't yeah. catch the name. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, even though they said it like 500 times. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I blocked it out. His And his character doesn't even really have powers. He just has these springs he made for his feet so he can hop around really high. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a, a, a 60s Marvel thing that there's lots of characters that don't have powers. They just like the. What's the. What's the character, the old man character from Spider-Man, uh, the the Vulture? He just has those wings that can help him fly. Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of Batman-ish characters. But the, most of them aren't as stupid as this, so the no. springs. Yeah, the the whole story was terrible, god-awful. Um, and... oh, the last time the Leapfrog appeared was June 2005. Oh, so he's still going, well... Maybe not going strong, but yeah, he shouldn't one. have he shouldn't have made it into the twenty first century. I can say that <laughs> much about him. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I kind of almost want to read more issues just to see what they do with Mike Murdoch, but I, then again, I don't really. I yeah, you know, I did, and I was I, in the beginning I was like, well, this is interesting, but then I was getting so bored. I had to when I read them, I just read the parts where. Uh, Matt, Matt Murdock was talking to Karen and Foggy because I just wanted to see what happened there. The fight scenes are so boring in these books. Yeah. So I, that's something that gets better. Oh, it definitely gets better. I, there's way too much. Uh, this was a this was the thing that DC did back then too. I think um, there's way too much exposition during the fight scenes. Yeah. Like every Daredevil's just yapping the whole time. But i will thinking. T- I'll say something for sure. Uh, I think uh, Stanley's last issue is number fifty, and number fifty-one is okay. But number number uh, fifty-two, like the first one, because number fifty fifty-one is like a continuation of the story before it. But fifty-two is like like worlds better. So it's like that quick that the book got better. No, you notice that every with every title when Stanley leaves uh, X Men, same thing. Like those early X Men stories are just basically any other Stanley comic book. Um, but then, you know, they get a new writer and they take it to a new place. And I can't even remember the writer that took over for him on X-Men, but yeah, no, I, I agree. And I don't know how Jack Kirby drew so much then. Like I can see how Stanley wrote so much because, you know, he would just throw out kind of a, a boilerplate comic book idea. Um, a lot of times, sometimes, you know, he, I mean, he came up with good characters again, like I said, Galactus and whatnot. Um, but I think he, he took more time with characters than with story, but Jack Kirby, how the hell did he draw that many issues? He was just working constantly. And I think he, he was, he was brought up in, I mean, he, he not brought up, he came up in an era where if you weren't working, you're going to die. Oh yeah. Like depression era. Yeah. So he just worked and worked and worked. Yeah, he did get screwed over by Marvel, Jack Kirby specifically. I've read lots of stuff about about that, but I think things are a little bit better now. Yeah, I mean, when I say now, I mean just months ago. There was a he's dead, but his family had a lawsuit against Marvel about a lot of the characters, and I think that finally got settled. And so his name is going to be mentioned in the Avengers movie, and that that kind of thing is going to happen. Yeah, and as well it should. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this Daredevil was was terrible old but but you know i 
then again, we're judging it from our vantage point. Um, no, I don't think, I think this is, was probably terrible at the time. I know think, you're, you're right that we're judging it from our vantage point, but bringing up a twin brother, I don't think that was ever good. No, that's, I mean, that's soap opera bullshit. Yeah. And I, I think kids, I just have to imagine kids reading that thought was stupid. Yeah. And I don't know, like to me, like you said, Daredevil was always kind of a second tier Marvel character until, until the era we're going to talk about um, later on. But, uh, but yeah, they didn't seem to spend a lot of time giving him great villains to fight or anything. Obviously you got Kingpin, but he um, kind of shared him with, with Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. He shared a lot with Spider-Man. I feel like in the early, like they, they probably kept trying to tie him into Spider-Man somehow to boost sales. Which worked for the, I mean, they're both the same, like Spider-Man is such a like popular character. They would bring him into more like global events, but in in essence, Spider-Man's character is a city a city character just just fighting thugs, right? And that's what Daredevil does. I mean, I mean, the, eventually he's Spider-Man is is fighting global, not global, uh, universal things like when he gets caught into the Secret Wars. But that's just because the character is so popular, not necessarily what the c- character would do in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all marketing. Uh, so it's because it kind of sucks because it would be cool if there was a Netflix Spider-Man series. It would be much better than the movies. Just oh, because, yeah. I mean, Sony's done a bad job on the movies, but I, I've, I've said a lot of times that I think Spider-Man works much better in, in this small story, as a small story character, as opposed to big movie character. I, like, yeah, I agree. He, well, you know, the, we've, I think we've talked about it before. Now, every superhero movie has to have the whole Earth hanging in the balance. Yeah, and that and doesn't, I mean, that doesn't work as well for Spider-Man. No, yeah, I like, Spider-Man should just be fighting street thugs like you said or you know small smaller time villains yeah or you know the the, the big baddie could be huge like kingpin or green goblin or whatever but it's just yeah i think it would work better but it's never going to happen because he's he's too popular of a character yeah i think even kingpin and green goblin aren't necessarily bent on like world domination as much as they're bent on uh just being criminals and right well, like they set their sights on new york and that's as big as they think yeah, eventually they turned Green Goblin into world world dominating. But yeah, oh, did they? Yeah, I mean he was the head of of Shield. It was stupid. I just that's one of the things I hated about Marvel bringing bringing uh, Norman Osborn back. But whatever. Well, I feel like they had to try to, um, or they felt like they had to try to update everybody for the modern age, and and that was the thing. Like everything's got to be. It's got to affect an entire galactic sector, you know, the yeah. <laughs> whatever they're fighting about. And and after a while, I mean, it was cool when the X-Men did it with Claremont with, like, the Dark Phoenix story and stuff. And, and with the occasional appearances of Galactus. But uh, overall, then that kind of thing gets boring. And and you get, Run, like, yeah. yeah, you get kind of immune to it and... And so that when somebody's just fighting a run-of-the-mill bad guy, it seems anticlimactic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I don't have much to say about these daredevils. I think, you know, you sh- you can and should skip them. Although, just to see an example of, uh, of like, bad sitcom ideas or soap opera ideas in a comic book, uh, 25 is interesting to read for that. 
yeah, the whole twin brother, and, and not only the twin brother, but the the way they have him come on the scene with the loud clothes and the weirdo language. So yeah, yeah, and he still has to wear sunglasses. Uh, of course, he's so doors. cool. So yeah, you you'd think I don't know. Well, you can spoil it for me. Do they ever get? I guess they don't get tipped off because you said they had a, a funeral for him, or he died, right? Not a funeral. He dies. Yeah. So so it's assumed assumed that someone else took over the role of Daredevil. <sighs> Foggy and Karen think Daredevil died, and then and then Mike Murdoch's never mentioned again. Probably for the best. <laughs> All right, you want to take a break, and we'll talk about 181. Sure. All right, we'll be right back. We had a comrade. A brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. And we're back with issue 181. Uh, we're in the 80s. We are in the 80s. Uh, good period for Daredevil. Yes. This is when Frank Miller was writing and drawing. Uh, I guess he was... I forget what he was doing. He was drawing, but so was Claus Jansen or whatever his name is. Oh, okay. But it did have the the art in this is very Frank Miller. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's like, whatever, like maybe he was doing the penciling. Yeah, that could be. Um, but just the way he stages fight scenes is the exact opposite of what we were talking about before where daredevil won't shut up the whole time it's just panels after pa- even pages sometimes of just action no no dialogue no no thought bubbles right you know but you know what is really interesting I, I i actually picked up on this right when frank miller started so it's like not when he started drawing but when he started writing writing yeah so i think that's 170 something or 168 something like that yeah and I was, it was just remarkable to me that even though, I mean, this is, he's young here, so he's, he's not at the top of his game, but it's just how boring these books are. They're still good, but compared to nowadays where like everything has to be described, there has to be like a little, this is what, what's going on instead of just letting the art tell the story. Yeah. There's just so much like, exp- I guess it's exposition that has to happen. And it really doesn't. If you just look at the picture, you can figure out what's going on. And I think nowadays they don't, they don't do that as much. They let the art tell the story a lot more. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just a, it's another thing, like, that's just the way it was done back then. I, I can't think of any, really, where they let the art tell the story more. It was all, there was always a ton of exposition back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just interesting how things have changed. Although his exposition is at least somewhat, uh, somewhat noirish in that it's, it's pretty short and to the point, mm-hmm. um, and not, definitely not any of that flowery language that oh no this is we're 20 years past that yeah but uh 
but this was a good st- and a good storyline. I I mean I think this is what like got Daredevil popular with the masses. I think was the Frank Miller run. Oh yeah, for sure. I when he started it was like I think every other month, and eventually during his run they made it monthly, and it was monthly after that for you know I don't know if it's still monthly, but for a long time. Yeah. Um, it became a major book. He became above the second tier character. Yeah, he did. He was up there with the Avengers and the X-Men and Spider-Man. Um, but it also very dark. Yes. Yeah. And the the main and the, villain here is Bullseye, we should mention. Which we'll, yeah, we'll and the, the interesting thing about this issue, even compared to other, other issues that Frank Miller wrote, is that the uh, bullseye is the main character. It's not, it's, it's told through his point of view and not daredevil's point of view. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. He's, he's the one talking throughout the whole thing. And, uh, and he's, he's like an insane violent dude. And the way he kills a lot of people is, uh, by throwing a card right into their necks, which sounds kind of stupid, but it's really kind of disturbing. (laughs) Cause cards are sharp. (laughs) <laughs> his are especially and you just see the blood gush out uh from their throat but so daredevil and electra have a kind of weird history even though it wasn't that long because i think she was introduced in like 168 or something yeah he and yeah so th- that's one that gets to one of my problems with the issue it this, the the main theme of the story is electra dying and it's kind of stupid because it seems like she was created to be killed yeah, well, I think she she was, but also also to give him a kind of uh, low. I mean, it's I think it's a little deeper than that though because she was kind of his his love object, and then also at the same time she was working as an assassin for Kingpin, so his nemesis. So right. So there was some interesting stuff going on with the story, but yeah, she was. But on the other hand, when you're reading it uh, in real time back then. That was like almost two years, you know? I guess that's true. Yeah. But it's, it's not that many issues. No. And the character, I mean, you think about the, the early 80s, 70s, there's not many kick-ass female characters. No. So it kind of sucks that she had to be killed. And it wasn't even killed in a, an especially heroic way. No, it was I mean, it was pretty, pretty gruesomely violent. Like, mm-hmm. seeing her get punched in the face and, like, blood spurting out and stuff. Like, that was... That was more realistic than you were used to from comic books. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Because you know, it, it was the, prior to that. I think women superheroes as well as men would get punched and then just come back or whatever. You know, there was never any sign of of uh, actual pain. Right. Except for them, maybe their thought bubbles. Oh, my stomach feels like it's going to explode. You know, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, had those tacos <laughs> with her. You, with these fights, you see you see the blood and black eyes and stuff like that. So, and the art is awesome. I mean, when you look at the fight scene, it's it you can feel the motion. He did a good job with that. Yeah, no, I agree. And Bullseye is a uh, he's kind of a Jokerish character because he's he's not in an insane asylum, but he might as well be. I mean, he's in prison, like segregated from everybody else. In an earlier issue, Daredevil saved his life and had to get an operation to remove a brain tumor. Yeah. The brain tumor that caused hallucinations where he thought everyone was Daredevil. And oh, that's yeah, one of yeah. The, and that's one of the reasons Bullseye is so 
set up against Daredevil because he feels like not only you humiliated me by saving my life. Yeah. She'll let me die. And removing the brain tumor didn't make him any less crazy. No. Uh, he's not hallucinating, but he might as well just see everybody else as Daredevil. Uh, yeah. I, this was this was a good run. I don't know when it ended. I, I think we've talked about Frank Miller before because I think he's now, and maybe he was then, like a real kind of right-wing asshole. Yeah, 9-11 pushed him over the edge, but I think it might have been before that anyway. Yeah, well, he he did do, he did definitely talk a lot, or he made his stories a lot about vigilantes, um, and like really, really kind of played that up, like the Dark Knight, of course. Uh, reimagined Batman in a cool way, I thought. But yeah, you can you can kind of see some of the right wing themes there. But on the other hand, he also did bring a realism to to this stuff um, that had been missing in comic books. I feel like I think the Dark Knight, what's it, the Dark Knight Returns, yeah. was was great. And I, I I don't know, I haven't read it in a while, but I'm sure it holds up. And I in that movie that's coming out of Superman versus Batman or Superman v whatever it's called is going to riff. It seems like from the trailers is going to riff on that quite a bit for no good reason. That's stupid, but I don't want to get into that. But I think as far as Frank Miller and Batman, I, I, I believe his, his year one Batman year one is, is more impressive. It's a recreation of the origin of Batman. I think it, it's insanely good. And I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the best things he did for comic books. Was that a, was that an eighties thing too? Or was it later? Yeah, oh, it was eighties. Okay. It was, it was, I think it was before, Dark Knight Returns, and he just—they were doing a uh, reboot for all the characters, like recreating their their origin. And he, somebody else was in charge. Of, John Byrne was in charge of Superman, and that was stupid. But the Batman Year One was done really well, and it's it's fun to read. Yeah, I've read a lot of shit about John Byrne's Superman. Uh, was, was not very loved. No, it wasn't that good. Well, I think with uh, like these. These comics, um, some of the ones we've talked about, this this bullseye arc and uh, some of the X-Men stuff we've talked about uh, were really dark, and I would like to see that more in the movies because I feel like now, at this point, maybe the Superman versus Batman will be like that. But, like, these things are such huge franchises. People are going to go see them. I think you could you could fuck with it a little and make it darker. Like, well, the, the Batman movies were dark. Yeah, they were darkish, but... I'd like to see them go even darker, um, and and maybe show, like this did, some of the the effects of the violence rather than just a bunch of people. Well, you're going to really, beat. I mean, no spoilers, but you're going to enjoy the Daredevil TV series. Good, yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, not everything has to be uh, for some kid in Nepal. Uh, R.I.P. But you know what I mean. Like, like you don't have to. Make it, make it so watered down for, um, for like families in in other countries and and this country to, to go see. People are gonna go see it, and you can make it darker, and people can deal with that. I mean, I think you don't. They don't give people enough credit. I would agree with you, but I think that's just holds for certain characters. I think the Marvel movies have been fine as far as their level of darkness, and I think Man of Steel was too dark unnecessarily for the character but if you're going to make a batman movie it should be dark it should well i i think like the days of future past the x-men movie um could have been darker okay and um like especially the future stuff um like it was in the comics but you know you know i don't know they they've got to do what they've got to do 
I'm sure there's a lot of studio pressure and whatever. Probably pressure pressure from Stan Lee as well. So is X Men is X Men Marvel in the movies or is it Sony or somebody else? Fox. Fox. Fox has X Men and Fantastic Four. Sony has Spider Man and everything else is Disney. Okay. Ugh, Disney man, they just did you read this? Uh, maybe it wasn't true. You know, I always take this stuff with a grain of salt, but some Disney exec said that um, they would no longer allow people to be shown smoking in their movies. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope that's not true. That's just ridiculous. Stupid. Um, anyway, yeah, Electra wasn't... Uh, I think you're right. She was kind of created just to get killed eventually, I'm sure. Um, Frank Miller, like Chris Claremont, seems like he... He wrote with uh, an eye toward the future. Like, he, he kind of plotted stuff out way in advance. Yeah, well, from what I read, it was the first... This doesn't ring true to me, but from what I read, Frank Miller created Electra for that first that one issue, and he thought that would be the only issue she would appear in, but that doesn't make any sense. So, who knows? Oh, yeah. No, th- well, yeah. Yeah, who doesn't know? Uh, in any case, it was... Why would he lie? I don't know, because he's a shitbag. <laughs> you know, that's true. Apparently not as big a one as John Byrne. Oh, I I think John Byrne is, doesn't, politically, is, can't be as bad as Frank. No, I don't think so. I think he's just uh, arrogant. John Byrne just did bad things with his characters, and he's an ass to other artists and writers. Yeah, they yeah. They get in feuds all the time. And fans. And Oh, he is? I didn't know that. Yeah, from what I've heard. Um yeah, who cares? Who cares about John Byrne? He was a good artist. I'll give him that. Didn't he didn't he co-script with Claremont for yep. a while? Yeah, yeah, he did. Um but then he never wrote anything on his own that was all that great that that I've read. I know he took over Fantastic 4 um after he left X-Men and I don't know. He didn't do it. I don't lot. know what you can do with Fantastic 4. They were they changed they changed the genre and they were huge in the sixties, but I don't think you can go very far with them now. I think they're just kinda hokey. Well yeah, because nobody's really all that conflicted. I mean, Reed Richards is just kind of a dweeb um dude who's who's kind of a Superman type who's always very moral and, and uh, super genius. And yeah, super genius. And then uh the invisible girl, did they ever change her name to the invisible woman? I think so. Yeah, I think they must have. Um, she was just she was his wife, and so she was kind of more of the same, um, maybe a bit more conflicted about stuff. The thing was the only one who was any fun really out of him. Like, the Human Torch had fun powers, and he was supposed to be like kind of playboy, reckless guy, but uh, his his personality. But and they never really did a lot with that. So the thing was the only real one among them. I feel and he, and. Human Torch was Invisible Girl's sister or brother. So. Oh, this is ironic. John Byrne is the one who made uh, Invisible Girl turn into an Invisible Woman. Huh. He actually made the character a lot better, according to this article. Anyway, I'll watch that movie when it comes out, maybe on DVD. I don't know if I'll see it in the theater. I'm talking about Fantastic Four. They're, yeah, who's in it? Do you know? Have they had uh, a trailer for it or anything? I think so. I. Um, the one guy is in it is from The Wire. We've talked about him. I forget. Oh his yeah, name. we did. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who else is in it. Sorry. Okay. Oh, well, uh, the Invisible Woman is the, the actress from 
House of Cards. Forget her name. The wait, Robin. No. Man? Oh. The, uh, the journalist. Yes, I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name either. Oh, yeah, that might work. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think they should just keep Michael Chiklis as the thing. He seems pretty perfect for that role. (laughs) He was pretty perfect. Something Mara. I'm pretty sure her last name is. Yeah, it is. She has a sister. It's from the David Fincher movie, but that's not the same person. Yeah, oh, yeah, she might be good. Got to be better than Jessica Alba, which is nothing against Jessica Alba. It's just stupid casting. That was... not a really great movie. Kate Mara is her name. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Miles Teller is pl- is playing Mr. Fantastic, but I don't know him from anything. Oh, Frazier's brother. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that's good. And Jamie, Jamie Bell plays the thing. Um, from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Played Screech. Yeah. Whoa. So Billy Elliot plays the thing. Oh, it's Billy Elliot. Yeah. He's all grown up. Or maybe he's not. Maybe he's still a child. It's all going to be CGI. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I'm interested to see the uh, the Daredevil TV show. Probably watch that. start watching that today. Um, but, yeah, this was... I mean, the 80s was... What do they call the 80s now? Is there an age for that era? Oh, I forget what they call it. That it started with the death of Gwen State. Well, some people call it start with it, but it's when things became more realistic. I don't. It's not modern era. Yeah, it started in the seventies and then just got better in the eighties, and then I, I think, well, started then, to get more ridiculous. In the speculation, mid mid to late eighties is where it really crashed. Yeah. But, uh, so gold era. So it, it might be called bronze. Okay. There's another. There's another era. I think they might have called it modern era for a while, but then they changed the name because that changed because the modern era is now. Yeah, yeah, but the, I mean, that, it was it was a great time for comic books. Um, and the the yeah mid early to mid eighties were were really good, and then mid eighties things started to slide quickly, quickly down with all the vanity or the variety covers, and they're just doing it, just doing it to sell stuff, and not really doing especially good stories. Yeah, Secret Wars and all that. Well, Secret Wars was was better than it should have been. Have you read the history of that? Uh, I know a little bit about it. I've read Secret Wars. I mean, it was okay. But it, it was initially envisioned for as a as a book put together to sell toys. Yeah. Oh, and they... Uh, yeah, I've seen the toys. They actually look kind of cool, but... Yeah, but I mean, for something that was put together to sell toys, having a, a series that was as, you know, as well-regarded as it is, is kind of impressive. Yeah, kind of like... Uh... He-Man, Master of the Universe. Great no, that show. was terrible. Nobody likes that show, and it's your burn in hell. Oh, you're right. I was thinking of She-Ra. Sorry. That was great. Yeah. Or Jam. Jam. Truly, truly outrageous. All right. Um, this is a short episode because we're talking about comic books, and there's never all that much to say. Uh, I recommend the Frank Miller, well, at least the Electra arc, Electra Bullseye arc of Frank Miller era, um, because I think I checked out shortly after this uh, of comics in general um so i don't know how how good daredevil was but but the art was really cool yeah like we said Um, and and the the stories were definitely grown up yeah they were much more dark than i just i mean my complaint is they they create a character that was pretty cool and then kill her off without much fanfare and it was it was more about what what how that affected daredevil than about how it affected her her. and i didn't like that yeah, no, because I get she that. was a really cool character. 
And I, when I, because leading up to it, I was like, well, I know she's going to die, but it's probably going to be a cool death. And when I say cool death, like that she'd be like, I thought maybe there'd be some kind of fight between her and Daredevil and it'd be like, he's going to die if she doesn't do it. Like some kind of heroic right, death, but heroic. it wasn't. Nope. It wasn't it was, heroic at all. And leading, if looking at other books where she took care of like almost immortal creatures and killed them, she should have been able to take care of Bullseye. Yeah. But, but the story said she wasn't. He had he just shot that card into her neck, man. Yeah, it was the ace. Yeah, can't beat an ace. She must have had a king in her neck. All right. Um. Well, yeah. Fuck it. Let's uh, recommendations. Nations. 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 All right. I'm gonna recommend uh new Paul F. Tompkins podcast, Spontanea Nation. Uh, it's an improv, long form improv podcast. Uh, much better than his older podcast that he had, the Pod F Tomcast, where it's basically just him talking for an hour. Um, this time he has he has guests and they do improv and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun. I if you are interested in, I would suggest you look at who the guests are because not every episode is great. No, it's true. Um, but that's that's true of all any improv podcast. I don't think that I think Comedy Bang Bang pretty much is consistent. It's it's you yeah it depends like they had Tom Green on for this last one I was like yeah it's not too it was funny. yeah but it wasn't terrible it wasn't I, terrible no I, I, there's one of the Paul Tompkins was, was like it was kind of painful to listen to but then the next one had the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine it was awesome yep. so yeah that that was the most recent one I listened to yeah um, me too yeah yeah it's uh, a good recommendation uh, go ahead no go ahead I was gonna say what's yours. I'm going to recommend Sufton Stevens' new CD, Carrie and Lowell. Named after his parents. I didn't know. Who died in 9-11. Were they, were they terrorists? Yeah, yeah. Well, I still like it. Enough time has passed for him to write a song cycle, song cycle about them, I think. And that's all he does. Is, he doesn't write songs. He writes song cycles. Yeah. Anyway, I like it a lot. All right. I have not uh, checked that one out, actually. So I will give that a listen. Um, all right, go ahead. Oh, if you'd like to talk to us, write to us at popculturecontinuum@gmail.com for any reason that you see fit. Rate us highly on iTunes. Write a review if you like, if you see fit. Uh, like us on Facebook and like the individual episodes on Facebook as well, if you see fit. And uh, then go live your life. Do what you do. Eat some pizza. Watch a scandal over and over. Uh, I don't know. What do, what else do people do? Eat hamburgers. Yeah, eat hamburgers, pizza. Uh, what? Oh, fries. Hang glide. I yeah, I think people hang glide and skydive a lot. Bungee Honestly. cord jump. Yeah, I would say. I mean, that's my typical week. Um, I don't. Know, maybe maybe crack a book, you illiterate motherfuckers. Smoke crack. Smoke, yeah, or or uh, some crocodile. That's that's a new. I don't know. There's some other. There's some new drug that I already forgot the name of. Uh, of course, it's like big in Florida, but uh, I think it's like some kind of meth slash PP, PCP type drug. I think it's called Zufs. Zufs. Yeah. 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 That's probably right. Uh, yeah. Go go try some of that if you're in Florida. Shit, I would if I had to be in Florida. Uh, and and then other than that, make sure you get your regulated uh, 16 hours of sleep a night. And uh, 
you know, try not to let the uh, military-industrial complex uh, destroy your belief in the good of man. The end. Until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Flesh on the mind